Greetings, dear friends. We're sincerely glad to welcome you again. Today we're going to talk to the esteemed Igor Mikhailovich Danilov. Greetings. Igor Mikhailovich, the previous video had a great resonance among viewers. You know, the main conclusion one is left with after watching the previous video is that despite the difference in our consciousness on whose level we are all divided, there is that very essential and greater aspect on the basis of which we are all united, that there is God's particle in each of us, there is a soul in each of us. Each of us has plenty of talents and skills with which we can serve for the benefit of one another and society as a whole. Nowadays we are at a such a stage and such a time when we all desperately need to unite, meet each other halfway, forget about illusory divisions and actually find these very points of convergence. You know, in Islam, the Prophet Muhammad told believers the following, A believer seeks friendship and harmony with others and accepts that friendship himself. And there is no virtue in someone who cannot make friends with others and with whom it is impossible to make friends. The best of people are those who are most helpful for people. And you know, this is what we talked about throughout many videos, and in particular in the previous video we emphasized that now, more than ever, we are in need of this dialogue with each other. We need rapprochement, we need friendship, we need mutual assistance. Well, God's messengers came and talked about this at all times. Igor Mikhailovich, why is this so necessary in modern times? Because our times are special. In fact, nowadays, it is very important to manifest human qualities, not the ones that come from consciousness and make us beasts, but the ones that come from the soul and make us human beings. If we look at what is going on in the world right now, honestly, it feels like the world has gone crazy. It's just scary to look at this everywhere, at all levels. When you turn on the news, you feel like you are in some kind of a zoo among wild animals that want to devour each other. Isn't that so, friends? We should be humans. After all, God's particle is embedded in us. Our soul comes from the spiritual world. We must love one another. And we must understand that we are a single whole. We are one indivisible entity. Well, these demons divide us. Again, we literally, by giving in, to their lies, which they whisper to us in our minds, begin to hate one another. We begin to manipulate one another. It's no secret, everyone understands that the media serves someone and in someone's interest. In other words, what do we fight for? We fight not just for attention, but for dominance. You know, really, like in a wild pack. However, we are human beings. That's not how it is supposed to be. We simply forgot that we are human beings. We will recall that. The only question is at what cost this memory will come to us. In my opinion, the biggest and saddest, let's say, situation of today is in that. We will recall that we are human beings anyway even at the last moment. It will dawn on everyone. 
But the question is, will we be able to change anything at the last moment? Of course not. You know, they say that when a person is dying, all he needs to do is repent, and that's it, and the heavenly gate will open before him. That's a lie. A person who hasn't gained life during his lifetime here will not do anything after death. But when he will be dying, or, to put it simply, when the soul begins to separate, then, of course, he will naturally come to understand. A reassessment of values will come when he understands that everything he has accumulated and fought for, everything remains here. When a person understands that he will take nothing with him, not even his own body, he just leaves as a spirit. And at this point, you know, when a person hasn't gained life, meanwhile, consciousness will be there. It will definitely be there. And when he just falls into the abyss, it's unpleasant. Even now many people feel that they seemingly have some illusion of freedom, of life, and they seem to be able to do what they want. I want to do this today, I want to do that tomorrow, and so on and so forth. But there is a feeling inside that you seemingly have everything, but somehow there is no life and no inner freedom. You know, there's actually no life. This is really true. You see, people live. Sometimes there's some kind of thrill and so on. A person has fun, everything is fine, but it's just contrivances. If you look at what he has inside, he has nothing inside. He is just a slave, shaitan's slave. That's what is sad. Why? Because everything passes. There is an old, cliched proverb that says, everything passes and this too shall pass. Whatever joy you have, it will pass. Whatever grief befalls you, it will pass too. That's the essence of this world. Everything passes here. Life passes too. And then there comes something that can last for a very long time. However, even the state of subpersonality or dwelling in hell doesn't last forever, it also passes. And then there comes the real death, which is very scary. Yes, it is scary to die, to part with the physical body, but it's even scarier for a human as personality to disappear forever in the darkness, just to fall into the abyss. And you know, everyone knows that. Everyone knows and feels it. But we don't even have time to listen to ourselves. Demons in our heads are very noisy. They tell us a lot, they lie to us a lot, they create false mindsets about us. I mean, they either exalt us or, on the contrary, bring us down to the lowest of the low, as they say. Those are merely demons, but we listen to them, and we are guided by them. They give us emotions of joy sometimes when we should cry. They give us false hopes which they themselves do not fulfill. They are demons. When we believe them, we lose the most valuable, we lose life. Yet, if you just stop, sit quietly, in any state, in joy or sorrow, whatever, let's say, overwhelms you at this moment. Just sit down, calm down, relax, look inside yourselves. What is going on in you? 
But do not look inside by means of your consciousness. Leave your consciousness on the surface, you know. It's like you dive underwater and let your consciousness stay on the surface and look. What is there inside of you? Is there life? Is there love? If there is no love, there is no life. This is sad. We have repeatedly mentioned that a modern human wants to be loved, but he or she doesn't know how to love. That's the scariest thing. Those demons have really enslaved humankind and deprived it of what is most important, the ability to love. This is sad. You know, again, if we are guided by the hints from our consciousness, many will fall into an illusion that they are not slaves. A commentating the head. Of course, he will say, you surely have everything under control. Right. Everything's fine. Whatever you possess, whatever degree of some illusory freedom and opportunities, everything disappears instantly, just instantly. The saddest thing is that it happens precisely when you don't expect it at any instant. And then reality comes. After all, you know it's true. You feel this inside, and you know it's true. Nevertheless, even though people know and understand that, they still continue to serve Satan. That's what is sad. You know, when I recall even the previous video, what the world was like over 24,000 years ago, when there were the Apexians, I realized that these methods work even now, in the consumerist format of society, that people voluntarily go into this slavery. I mean, it seems to them that slavery is probably when you are in certain conditions, when someone, some person, for example, dominates you, perhaps you carry bricks somewhere or something else. But it is striking how skillfully everything is built and how well it has been working for centuries that a person doesn't realize that at some point he's already in the most brutal slavery, the slavery of his consciousness, that he executes the imposed mindsets which exist in society, that he already follows the imposed ideals that exist in this world. And a person really doesn't understand who he is. You know, I remember the example you once gave regarding who's more a slave. Well, let's tell our friends. Friends of mine, answer yourselves honestly. Are you free or are you slaves? I'll put it simply, my friend. Who are you? Are you a slave or a free person? Just answer it honestly. Some people will say, I'm free, right? Yet, are you sure, my friend, that you are free? Can you do whatever you want? And here's the question, what do you want? You see? Are you sure it's you who wants it, and that it's not some stereotypes or imposed mindsets? Absolutely right. Starting with the conditions in which a person is, ending with his circle, no matter who those people are, his colleagues at work, family, wherever he would be, a group. Any group that surrounds you already makes you unfree. You cannot say a word to one person. You have to flatter another one, because he is superior to you in the hierarchy of this world. Is that freedom? I don't even touch upon family relationships. I don't even talk about human love. Love, in quotation marks which is also far from freedom for people. So are you free, my friend, or not?
You know, let's imagine the following situation. You wake up in the morning and come up with an idea. You know, it happens. For example, you have figured out how to connect the unconnectable. You got an insight. You write this idea down. And afterwards, you see that someone is interested in this idea. It would seem a trifle, you know, a need. Often forces a person, for example, to take one person got tired of washing dishes, so he invented disposable plates and made a fortune. So an idea comes to you, and then you see that somebody needs it. You share the idea with him, a year or two passes, and you wake up in the most beautiful place of this world. Walk out of your own villa, one of the most expensive ones that exist. Your driver opens the door of your Rolls-Royce in front of you and takes you to, let's say, the shore of the most beautiful bay. You board your own yacht, about 150 meters long. Your servant pours you the most exquisite wine in the world. There are only four bottles of it left in the world. No, three, because the servant has just uncorked one and you are already enjoying it, while you still have the whole three of them left. So you sit down in the most beautiful chair on your own yacht, elegantly drinking this wine in the most beautiful place in the world. And you recall your classmate, who was ahead of you, who was smarter than you, and it seemed to you that he had better prospects. When you grew up, he became keen on something obscure. Then he went on a mission to tell people in disadvantaged countries about some spirituality, about some church of his own or religion, let's say. And you found out that he was enslaved in the literal sense of the word. He works hard for a plate of soup, and a piece of bread from morning till night. Obviously, you will feel sorry for him, right? While you yourself are in such wonderful conditions. However, then you recall your other classmate, who is now a famous TV show host, on which she talks to world-renowned politicians and stars. So I have a question. Who among you is a slave and who is free? The host, who can contact any politicians and any stars who line up for her TV show. You, who, as they say, caught a lucky break, you know, you were a nobody and overnight, thanks to one idea, you became a billionaire. Or your friend your classmate, who is in slavery now. It's a dilemma, isn't it? Just answer, who is a slave? Well, logic suggests probably that one is a slave. Yet, who is a slave? I will answer, friends, a slave is the one who doesn't have God's love inside, the one whom the Lord doesn't know. No matter where, and in what conditions your body is, and what your consciousness is occupied with at the moment. If you, my friend, 
do not have God's love in you. If the Lord doesn't know you and doesn't love you, you are a slave, because all of this passes, and it passes very quickly. Yes, it is possible to enslave a person. It is possible to make his body work, experience pain and suffering, but it is merely a body and merely consciousness. However, no one can enslave him as a personality. It is possible to deceive him, and that's what Satan actually does when enslaving people. Some are deceived with glory, others with wealth, while still others with slavery. Isn't that so? But freedom is given only by God, only by God's love. That's what is most important. So remember one thing, everything passes except God's love. It is something worth fighting for. Igor Mikhailovich, on the spiritual path, on the path of salvation of a human as personality, of personalities merging with the soul, does a person have to go through all kinds of sufferings and trials? This is unimportant. Yes, a person may go through suffering, through diseases of his body, and through slavery, as in the example we have just given. But it absolutely doesn't mean anything. On the spiritual path, a person faces Satan. It doesn't matter what you will go through — emotional joy, wealth, or possession of this whole world. Well, all of a sudden you become the head of the world government, the coolest person in the world. It's unimportant, my friend. Or you are in slavery, overwhelmed with sadness, pain, and suffering. At this point, it's important to understand, does it overwhelm you as Personality or merely your body? When the whole world admires you as a star of a talk show, or, I don't know, as some political leader, who is admired? A picture, your consciousness, or you? You know, I'll tell you the following, Tatiana, even love of all the people of this world is nothing because all of that passes, everything passes, while God's love never passes. Nothing can compare to it. There are no values in this world that can somehow compare to God's love. Nothing. The entire universe is nothing for you, my friend. Why? Because God's love gives life eternal life. This is when, after leaving the body, you become equal among the worthy ones. Or, pardon me, you have the whole world at your feet here, while there you are a subpersonality who possesses nothing but the sorrow of losing what you have left here. Here's the simple answer. And the fear of death again. Of course. Just like there is fear of death here, it turns out that there a person is even more… He is more afraid there. Here, a person doesn't know about death. You know, I'll tell you this. I observed my consciousness, how it reacts to the threat of death. Yes, it is afraid, but it doesn't really realize that. It doesn't believe it, right? It doesn't believe to the end. It still clings to some hope. Do you know why? 
Many people are afraid, really afraid. But inside, deep in their consciousness, they do not believe in it, because they know that even the death of the physical body leads to a state of subpersonality. If you haven't gained life, and consciousness lives in that state, and consciousness couldn't care less whether it is here or there, this is life for it. Life that continues for it for many centuries at that. Therefore, consciousness doesn't lose anything. Yet, what does a human lose as personality? A simple question, the chance of life. That true freedom which we always fight for. I will not tire of saying this, my friends. I said it many times, that the true freedom for which we are willing to give our lives here is actually life. Everything else is an illusion. Whatever freedom or ideals we fight for here, it's all an illusion. The illusion that doesn't belong to you. The illusion that won't give you any freedom. It won't give you anything in this world. Therefore, it is very important to get rid of these illusions to realize it all. There is one problem in this respect, that no one among the powers that be is interested in people becoming spiritually free. It is even a problem for the system itself. Why? Because those very demons in the head manipulate a person for as long as he is their slave, as long as he's a tool in their hands. However, when a person gains life, even when he only attains the first experience of contact with the spiritual world, when there is an answer to your love, when within an instant, within one moment, the universe at large, the whole essence, all billions of years are revealed before you, within an instant you begin to understand the meaning of life and its essence. You know, not the essence that is imposed on us by Shaitan. After all, everything is programmed here, and everything is stereotypical and identical for everyone. But when you understand the deep essence, the whole meaning, then you know it is hard to control and manipulate such a person. Why? Because even upon the first contact with the spiritual world, a person gains an ability to see a holistic picture I'll give you a simple example. You support a soccer team. For example, you have your favorite team and favorite players. How does your consciousness work during a match? You worry about your friends, right? Right. Fictional friends. Yes, these people exist in reality. However, you make them so close to you that they become your friends while they don't even know you. You invest your attention in them all the time. Then someone among your imaginary circle of friends falls on the field. He just falls. You feel sorry for him. Yes, sympathy. Sympathy arises. But when someone from the opposing team gets hit, all you feel sorry for is that he hasn't been hit hard enough. I wish he had broken his leg. Right? Especially if he is a good player. Or better yet, his neck, so that he never plays against your team again. 
Who doesn't have such thoughts, tell me. But is it you in whom they arise? Yes, they arise in your consciousness. And here is the question, is this consciousness actually yours? And what kind of sympathy can we talk about here? But when a person is spiritually free or even has initial experience, he looks at this sensibly. He understands that these are strangers, irrelevant people, each preoccupied with his own life. They simply earn their bread that way. But even if you are interested in soccer, you played it in the past, or you are just fond of soccer, you will never accept a mindset that those players are your friends. You will never segregate a person from the team you support from another person they play against. It's a sport. At this point you understand this, and you will feel equally sorry for a player from supposedly your team and for another player, because you will know that this is also your team. It's just that they are playing now, and it's just a sport. This difference is essential. Another trouble for this system is that a person who has embarked on the spiritual path and gained at least a little bit of understanding, no longer devotes his attention to empty things, neither to illusions in his head nor to those staged pictures from the system in the world. A person will never be a fan of some, I don't know, interest group. Soccer. Yes, you're saying it right, an interest group, a group to attract your attention, because you will give most of your attention to God's love. Why? Because it is grace. It is that which is real. And it is the ultimate high, real kaif, which nothing here can overpower. In the system set, there are no sensations that are even close to it, which the system could offer neither drugs nor illusions, I don't know, or any victories over the whole world, whatever. A victory of your backyard team in an international competition, nothing can replace even a drop of God's love. That's the point. And only your consciousness deprives you. Friends of this, I would say real happiness, fundamental happiness. This seems to be unrealistic to be nonsense, doesn't it? How come my consciousness deprives me? This is true. You just need to practice, to pay attention to observing your consciousness, disciplining and training it. It's a tool that must serve you, but it's a tool that has its own self. Its goal and objective is simply to enslave you, to make your life unbearable. Imagine, you have problems, serious problems. Let's say you have half an hour left to live, and you know it. You will either be shot or die, for example. A doctor comes and says, bid farewell to your family. Is that a problem? Depending on what a person lives by, if he lives at the level of consciousness, it is certainly a huge problem. What is the problem about? That he hasn't had time to attain life. But you know that you still have half an hour. Thank God you're alive and have a chance. That's right. Meanwhile, there are billions of subpersonalities in the world, billions and billions of them, who no longer have even that chance. So you have a tremendous advantage, a tremendous advantage over them. Another example. You 
have failed in business, you've lost everything you could, or you've been fired, you have no means of subsistence. Is that a problem? Yes, unfortunately, yes. For many people, it's a huge problem. No money. You won't buy a piece of bread tomorrow. Yes, for them, it is even commensurate with the loss of life. A problem. So, who has a bigger problem? The one who has half an hour left to live? Or you, my friend, who has an entire life ahead? Yes, today you have difficulties, but remember, this will pass too. So, who has a problem? I'll tell you, both of you, if you don't have God's love. That's the point. Our consciousness sets such tricks and gives such comparisons, but everything pales when you begin to understand the meaning of this existence, why you are here, exactly you, my friend. What are you here for? And where are you? You know, the question, where are you? We talked about it once, and I gave an example of my patient. I've been thinking whether I should tell about it or not. It will be great if we voice it. Well, not quite. I remember this example very well, Igor Mikhailovich. Yes, it's not quite correct to talk about a patient, therefore I… I'll put it simply. I met him when he was little. He was brought to me when he was a child. He was a beautiful boy. He had a little problem with his health, so we helped him. And it so happened that their entire family were my patients for a while. Years passed, the boy grew up and became an adult. His parents were very wealthy people. Naturally, the kid started having problems. He became bored, and the nice and kind kid grew into a person who was, so to say, depressed, with an unfulfilled egoism, who took drugs and alcohol in excessive quantities, made suicide attempts, and did many other things. And it so happened that he fell ill. His parents recalled me, came to me for an appointment. They arrived from a completely different country because they didn't live there anymore. They brought their child, and instead of that beautiful boy, a husky man came in. Yes, he was like a picture, as they say. Everything he wore was very expensive and exquisite, but his eyes were lackluster. Knowing his destiny and seeing him, I simply decided to help him. The only tool I can use in such cases is a word. I simply asked him, where are you? Every time when he came to me, I would ask, where are you? Until he started freaking out, talking about being there at my place and stuff like that. I nodded silently. And the next time I asked, where are you? Then one fine day, you know, like in a fairy tale, he realized. And the grown-up guy simply sobbed. He realized that he was nowhere. He recalled himself the way I remembered him. Yes, he gave up drugs and alcohol. Now he's a wonderful man. But his parents are unhappy because he refused their financial aid and earns his bread himself. He realized that's not what happiness is. This is the story.
It is a very important story, Gir Mihalevich, because it's for every person. It is more interesting in detail. Right. It is deeper and more serious. Well, it's the life of a person, of a specific one at that. So we won't go into details. The main thing is that you understand the meaning. It doesn't matter where you are or what conditions you are in. If you are a slave, you will be a slave, even on your own yacht, even drinking exclusive wine, or being a slave of some bad people, doing hard physical work. It doesn't matter where your body is. What matters is where you are as personality. That's what is most important. You know, this is another important question that arises in every person's life. If the first question even for me was, who am I right away? Then you understand that there is another question, where are you? Of course. So you should somehow weigh it in every second of your life by reminding That's yourself the point, of that. That's the point, not to lose this, because our attention is very precious. And where you direct it, that's what you gain. We pay with our own attention right? for what we buy. A simple example. If you, my friend, believe that you are sick and your attention is all on the illness, you will never recover. There are no doctors who would cure you. Why? Because your attention is your investment in your illness, isn't it? Well, it's amazing to realize that one buys oneself health, as you said, but one also buys oneself illness. And sickness. And everyone thinks, am I really my own enemy? How can I do that? Yes, it is you who buys. You buy both wealth and poverty. Yes. You buy everything except life. As for life, it has to be earned. Because you can buy illness only by paying attention to your illness, by fixating a little bit on it. But in order to gain life, you have to generate love every moment. You have to work, you have to send it until you learn to love. And as soon as you learn to love, my friend, as soon as true love awakens in you and you send it to the spiritual world, believe me, you will immediately receive a response, only a hundred times greater than you sent. And that's when life begins. What can be better than God's love? What could be better than true life? You know, only the one who hasn't experienced it and is far from it, only the one who is in deep slavery to Satan and cannot break away, will not understand this. While any human personality that has at least a little freedom is able to realize this because it itself longs for this love. You know, it's like a person who has been in the darkness for a long time, and he sees a little light, he will reach for it, because it is the only thing that attracts. Isn't it? It is, indeed. What can be more important and valuable? You know, in my opinion, it is possible to convey anything in this world to every person, but it's impossible to make a person live. It is possible to force a person to do anything in this world, but it's impossible to force him to live. It is possible to do anything, any job, instead of anyone, but it's impossible to gain life for someone. 
Every person, yes, my friend, including you, must listen to yourself what exactly you want. If you ask consciousness, you will get a long list of your own desires, from banal ice cream or a sandwich or a cup of fragrant coffee to owning the whole world. Your consciousness will present to you everything except life. But if you turn to yourself as Personality and look inside yourself, you will see that you want nothing except God's love, except life eternal, except being among the worthy. This is a high honor, and there is nothing easier than gaining life. But there is nothing easier than losing it either. Yet everything begins with love. So, my friends, let's just love each other. Thank you. Thank you very much, Igor Mikhailovich. Thank you, friends. Thank you for being here. Thank you for not forgetting. And thank you for aspiring to life that gives hope for this world, for the future.